What's up, Boom fam? This is Candace. All right, before we get into this episode today, the conversation from this episode can absolutely be continued over on the Boom Community Facebook group. So if you're in the Facebook group, head over there and let's keep the conversation going. If you hear something that you want to comment on, something that was powerful or something that you even might want to challenge, head over to the Facebook group and let's get some conversation, some dialogue going. That's exactly why or one of the reasons why that that group was even created. And if you're not a part of the Boone Community Facebook group, head over to Facebook and join the group. But if you want to know more about Boone, go to theboonecommunity.com. Welcome to the Boone Podcast. I'm Candace Wynn, and I am joined here with my boy Robert Purvy. Everybody, well, Robert E. Purvy, excuse me, bro. Everybody's favorite cousin, uncle, nephew. That's who you are, man. Did you hear my claps? Did you hear my claps? I hear your claps. I hear your claps. You always listen. You always got the claps ready for us. You always got it ready for us. You know, you got it ready. You got it ready. Man, we got some people joining us today, watching us live. So happy to have you all here with us today. My boy, Kevin. Kevin's over there in Texas with you too, right? Isn't Kevin from Texas? Kevin, what's up, fam? We see you out there, bro. We see you out there. We see you out there in them boom streets. So let's jump into the conversation for us with us today, right? We're talking about busy families prioritizing faith. And we know that families got a lot going on, right? Families got, they got sports. Maybe there's a parent that's caring for an elderly parent. Maybe there's a parent that's working two jobs and parents got a lot going on. And sometimes when parents have a lot going on, some things fall to the back burner, right? Some things you're not always prioritizing everything when you got a lot going on, when your kids got you ripping and running, right? So this conversation is about helping families to prioritize faith, even though they might have a whole lot of stuff going on within within their lives. I know, I'm sure you've seen it within ministry. I'm sure you have seen, I know for a fact that you have seen it, you've experienced it. You know, you, you may have planned for something, right? Even within yeah. the church, right? You plan for something, you plan an event and people were like, yeah, I'm gonna be there, I'm gonna be there. But there's a teenager that say, yeah, I'm gonna be there. Or if it's a adult volunteer, yeah, I'm gonna be there. But then all of a sudden something comes up that's a little bit more important, you know? Now, this conversation is not just about uh people showing up to church because 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 this is bigger than that this is a conversation about faith right and 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 people this is not just about people not showing up within the four walls of a church this is more about about faith right maybe some people the starting place of their faith is is within the church and you got to start somewhere and that's cool and the church is a great place to start but this is this is bigger this is bigger than that this is about how can parents guide their family right or keep faith alive um, yeah. And not letting it fall off when things get busy. I mean, because it's it's easy to. And, and these are uh, honest conversations that I've had uh, with parents um, that I've led. Right. That it's mm-hmm. easy. It's easy for your schedule to get in the way or yeah. to to supersede your church activity. It's very easy, mm-hmm. right? But what we're gonna discuss is like making faith a priority. And here's the thing, faith being a priority does not mean you're always in the church. That's right. It just, it just means it's a priority in the lifeline and in the lifeblood of your family every day. So, mm-hmm. um, I, and one thing that I do with my kids, I pick my kids every morning, take them to school, and one thing that I do is on the way to school, we always have conversation about what happened um, in their life the day before, 
How do they feel mm-hmm. in that moment? And what are they expecting from the day? Right? Mm-hmm. A 15, 20 minute car ride is a great conversation to hear from both of my beautiful nine-year-old twins on, on what happened the day before and how they're going to make today better than, than mm-hmm. yesterday. Or um, how, how do they feel in the moment? And is that feeling going to stop them from having a good day? All type of conversations. But more importantly, we dig deep. See, yeah. I'll ask them. Yeah. I'll, say, I'll, I'll say, hey, uh, what do you see God doing in your life right now? That's right. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 like what, what do you see God doing in your life? Not daddy's life, not mommy's life. Like, what is God doing in your life? And they'll, and, and they'll be honest with you. They'll say, you know, helping yeah. me with that. Yeah. Helping me with my mm-hmm. anger, you know? So we're going to pray today that God continues to help you with yeah. your academics and your anger. So it's just, right. it's, there's ways to make sure that faith is a priority in every aspect. And that was just one. But mm-hmm. we'll, sure, we'll jump into others as we get, in, in, get into yeah. the conversation. Yeah, and that's good, though. But I think that, you know, with, with the difference between you and some parents are, and I even think within this conversation, this conversation also, it just assumes that families are doing some of this stuff. It right. assumes that families are having conversations of faith within within their families and that when things get busy, they just kind of fall off. You going to church over there on this. No, um, I mean, the devil busy. My mic didn't fell that's off. That's right. Keep going. But this conversation just assumes that people are doing this kind of stuff on a, on a normal, on a reg, when things are not busy. It just assumes that, that, that that's what's true for families. But one of the reasons why this topic of you know, families prioritizing faith is so important to me because here's here's a few things that I know to be true, right? Faith within families is essential. The fact that you can ride in a car with your kids and have that conversation with them, it just sets you up in a different way for them to yeah. know that you are a person for them, right? And Absolutely. a person to engage them with faith within their life as they grow up. When kids have, have, are, have conversations of faith within their families or just even have a faith life, their moral compass is just different, right? They, they have a stronger moral compass. They, they, they know the difference between right and wrong in a different kind of way, but it's not just a conversation about right and wrong. They understand just what's just and what's unjust in a right. different kind of way when faith is a part of their life. Faith teaches you values. It teaches you empathy, self-image. You know, it gives you a foundation to build upon with all of these things. So it's essential for us to have this conversation and it's essential for families to engage in conversations with faith because a lot of times, and I know, I mean, I know I'm not the only youth pastor who a parent has ever brought their child to them as if it was a phone and it's like, fix it when yeah. something happens. Right. right like I can't, right. if you, if we, we ain't got no relationship, what you want me to right. fix, man? Right. Like, that. like, like, like straight, like straight off the street. Like you've never right. been to my church. I don't know who you are. And you bring your kid, hey, they they trouble. They need help. Mm-hmm. My first question mm-hmm. is, my first question is, what have you been doing? Yeah. My first question to a parent that brings their kid to church for the church mm-hmm. or the youth pastor to help. My first question is, what have you been doing to help? Or is, yeah. is the church your first option? Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. I, I promise you, nine times out of ten, the parent will say, This is my first option. Yeah, they haven't done yeah. anything to help in that in that process. And mm-hmm. I think it, it happens. And I mm-hmm. love this conversation. See, because it happens when you get too busy. Yeah, you get too busy. And faith is not a priority. You miss a lot of things that your kids are doing, both academically, you miss them emotionally, mm-hmm. you, you miss a lot of their, their celebration things you should be celebrating. Mm-hmm. You miss a lot when, when you're too busy. So yeah. yeah. But you know what? Churches also have to do a better job of discipling people. 
Right. Because yep. I feel like a huge part of the reason why faith is such an easy thing to fall off when people get busy is because people aren't discipled in a certain kind of way where faith becomes a priority. Well, faith maintains a priority when 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 people get busy. Right. There's a book that I read um, um, called The Next Evangelicalism by Su Chang Ron. Uh-huh. And he, he talks about the white cultural captivity of the church. Right. Mm. So and he says he says that and this is so it's such a deep book, such a great book. If y'all haven't read it, please, I encourage you to check it out. It's called The Next Evangelicalism. And he talks about the consumerism mindset that that churches the churches have. Right. Now, you know that when when churches look at people as consumers, the way that they engage them is different as opposed to if you're looking at somebody as a parishioner, right? Or someone who's trying to develop their faith. When you look at someone as a consumer, you're so busy trying to appease people and make things comfortable for people. Like, is it too cold in here? Is it too hot? Is the service too long? Is the music too loud? Do I got babysitting service for the kids and not necessarily some sort of a discipleship thing, right? Hey. You're, 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 you're having your, your, your ministries focused around the, a, the, a consumer, and making people happy and not having your ministries set around how can I challenge this person in their faith to take their faith to the next level, right? Mm-hmm. But then we as people, when we approach churches, we too, he says this too, that we approach churches as consumers too, right? I know if I go into Walmart and the line is too long, what am I going to do? One of my mentors is like, I ain't standing in this long line right, to give these right. people my money. I ain't doing that, right? Which right. is so real, right? But Because when I approach a place, an establishment as a consumer, then the way that I walk in there is like, hey, everything needs to drop and fall towards me because the customer is always right, right? Mm -hmm. But one thing that churches don't do a good job at is teaching people, this is not true for all churches. This is some churches, right? Right, Churches probably can do a better job of teaching people, hey, what the gospel say of taking up your cross and bear it, that's real. Now, taking up your cross isn't always going to be a painful thing, but what it does is it shows, it teaches you to have God and faith at the center of your life, regardless of what's going on, right? And sometimes we oversimplify what it means to take up your cross and bear it. And, 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 the the challenge of that when we when we oversimplify it is that people don't always really understand the the importance of what our faith requires us to do right black people attend church more this is what all the stats say black people attend church more and they pray more often than all other races right and a huge part of this conversation today why it's so heavy on my heart is because it's it's sort of a for me it's kind of like a um it's kind of like a call to shake off the residue of colonization because the, the, the <laughs> consumerism piece, that yeah. consumerism piece, yeah. I mean, that, that that's that's not us. Like for right. black people, the church has been the bedrock, right? right? And yeah, it, everything else revolved around it. Yeah. In, in, in every aspect, in the in the home, mm-hmm. in the community, the, the, the church was the hub. You're actually right about that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, 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 and we have to get back to that. And, um, I think that I'm gonna go left, come back right. Okay, real mm-hmm. quick. I think we've allowed parents have allowed AAU, extracurricular activities, the drive for scholarships, and all these other things that are great. They're great, mm-hmm. uh, but allowed that to be the focus, mm-hmm. right? And, and so, what we're not saying, we're not saying that anything outside of church should not be important. But what we're right. what, what we are saying is that faith should be the most important thing in your family. Mm-hmm. And, and you should prioritize it over everything. Yeah. Right? And, and, and you as a parent have to 
be very methodical and strategic about putting things in place to make sure not not just to make sure you and your kids pray before you eat and pray before you go to bed. Mm -hmm. It's important on you as a parent to be discipled so Mm -hmm. you can disciple. That's right. Right. Right? It's important for you as a parent to be discipled so you can disciple. Right. So Mm -hmm. so when, when the Bible says go and make disciples. Uh, in this context, parents says you go and make disciples out of your kids. Yeah, that's right. But you don't mm-hmm. know how if you don't fall under authority or under leadership. And I think, uh, see, that's what we find it right now. A lot of parents are struggling to to disciple their kids because they're too busy to be discipled. Mm. And, and so, if if you're too busy, if you're too busy to pay attention to your kids' spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. I, I I would I would bet you're too busy to even nurture your own spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. And if that's mm-hmm. the case, you got to pull that thing back because yeah, it's the example that you're setting. It's the example absolutely. that parents are setting because kids see your parent. If you want to know what you look like, have you some children? Okay, <laughs> they're gonna place that mirror right in front of you every time my my seven year old daughter claps back at me. I'm just like, yeah, dog, and she learned that from her mama. You yeah. know, <laughs> our kids, they, 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 they place that mirror in front of us. So how, so, so what, what can, what can, um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, what we give our families, um, when we get, when, when we give our families, when we give them faith within the church, right? So what, what can, what can we do within the church, right? What can our next gen ministries do to help families who might be busy, you know, um, to be able to, to better, to better, better prioritize their faith in those moments. I, I say one of the, one of the key ways is you can bring uh, faith and discipleship into the digital space of your family. Yeah. Like I, I see families and I mean, everybody parents, how they want to parent. You give your kid a phone, whatever you want to give it to them. Some kids mm. get phones at five, some get them at 12, some get them at 15, some don't have them at all. And that's your choice as a parent. What I'm saying is I see a lot of families that have phones. Mama got a phone. Daddy got a phone. The baby got a phone. Big sister got a phone. And, e- and everybody is connected. Bring that into your family space. What, what what would it look like? And I know most families are on group chats together or in some type of connect, mm-hmm. digital connecting point. What would it look like for you to have a a um, a scriptural emphasis for the week or a, a word for the week and, and, and tag, tag a scripture to it? And in your mm-hmm. family, you have your own study Mm. You have your, you have your own study, and uh, for, I would say that dad should lead it, you know. But that, that's that's me being a father, right? But to start to start the week off, and if it's about grace, have a scripture about grace, and every mm. other day ask about that scripture. That within your you don't need you don't need church curriculum to do that. Yeah. You don't need your pastor to tell you that. This is your own initiative, right? Based off of your desire to for your family to talk about faith, and for that to be the driving force of your week. Just to, to implement something in your family group chat or in your family I, connecting yeah. point, right? In that digital space. Instead of just I, I think that's a good, yeah, I think that's good. But I think one of the challenges for that is some parents don't feel equipped to talk about faith with their kids or to lead them con- those conversations. That's why they push them to church for that, right? And they're like, hey, that church is where you learn about faith. School is where you learn about math. School is where you learn about reading. School is where you learn about social studies. And church is where you learn about faith. And the parents don't always realize that the role that they play in that, because I think that sometimes parents, like we talked about before, parents aren't always really discipled in a way to really be able to be the leaders of faith. At the Tanya Miller asks a great question. She's over on YouTube. She asks this question. She says, um, do kids or student 
kids or student leaders have a role in encouraging the parents' discipleship too? What's whose primary responsibility is that? So who's responsible for for, for discipling parents? And and that's where challenge where next gen leaders experience, right? Because next gen leaders, our responsibility is to disciple the kids and, and the teenagers, right? And it's the pastor's responsibility to disciple the parents. But if the parents aren't being discipled in a certain kind of way, what can we do as ministry leaders to help say? ease that burden for parents, some who might not feel equipped or have never really engaged in conversations of faith with their families, but maybe they maybe want to. I think that's a, that's a really, really hard place. Um, a hard place, place to sit. I, I've got some thoughts. You want to jump in on that? Well, I mean, well, churches have to do a better job. I want to jump back to something you just said, like, um, if parents can now, now you haven't been to elementary school since you were in elementary school, but you try your hardest to help your kid with their homework. You're not and in class. And teaching that kid to carry that come one. On, when you come good on. Well, they do math. They don't oh, carry ones no more. You're <laughs> not in class with them. You don't go to school with them. And, and, and you struggle to do some of the work they get sent home with. But you try to help them with their homework. So if you can try to help them with their mm-hmm. homework and their academics, and you don't know anything or, you, or you've lost track of it, right? If you're going to help them with the academics, why not help them with their spiritual growth? So, the, so that, mm. that is, so I get the school doesn't equip you for that. The school doesn't have special classes for parents to go to, to learn fifth grade math, but mm-hmm. you try to help your kid with their homework. So, but I, and, and I get it. So what I'm saying is twofold parents, you have to own your own faith and create schedules within your busyness to make faith a priority. That's one side. The other side, but schools give, hold on, but schools give resources to support parents in those things. I got two of them and I, I mean, maybe all schools might not do it, but schools do that. And so our churches need to equip parents better. That homework be hard. That's why my kids, mama, <laughs> my kids, mama help, help them. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, <laughs> I make faith the priority. They mama help with the academics. I, I, yeah. Move on to your next point. That's I'm funny. Just, <laughs> so, but, but, but to your point, churches have to do a better job. If we want parents to prioritize faith over their busyness as a church, mm-hmm. we have to prioritize discipling parents mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not just men's and women's ministries, you know, have specific things for parents that help them understand how to relay messages of faith to their kids in the home. And you, you can't be found guilty of not offering them the material or the resources. Right. If they yeah. don't take it, if they don't do it. That's on them. But I think to your yeah. point, churches have to churches have to lean on next gen leaders. <laughs> find you one. Find yeah. you find you one. You can go virtual, but find you somebody to help you build strategies so you can connect with your parents on a parental level. Right. That's because, true. Uh, I think that 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 that's a good start for churches to create avenues, mm-hmm. create avenues for parents to be equipped to be that disciple maker. Yeah, I think so too. I think another another thing that churches can do is so check this. Like my kids play sports year round, right? And it always baffles me. Like I know as a ministry leader, I would plan an event months out, get everybody lined up, trying to get it on their calendar, make sure people show up, make sure they knew about it, sending all kinds of reminders, right? My kids play sports year round, and it is nothing for a coach to send a text message just in the morning and be like, "We got practice tonight," and guess what happens? Almost a whole team show up, parents, yep. parents right there. Right. And you got, if you look at the, like my son's football season right now, you look at his football, football field, it's more kids on that football field 
more parents standing around watching their kids practice Mm. more volunteer coaches out there on that field than the average church has any given week. Come on. It is something about what's happening within those kind of settings that's way more appealing and it's way it draws people and it just gets them to show up in a way that church just isn't or a way that faith just isn't because you said something because they are oh here it is thank you holy spirit they are watching their kids grow in what they bring them to mm-hmm. and, and, right. and that, that that has fascinated them right i don't i, I don't know and this this is on the parents so y- y'all just just whatever you church find you a church that's appealing to you mm-hmm. don't settle for my church doesn't offer or my church is boring like the, in candace's point the reason why you take your kid to practice and you stand out there and watch because part of it is appealing to you secondly you see your mm-hmm. kid having fun thirdly like you you see your kid growing in this sport and and it's appealing to you, right? But mm-hmm. I, I think in the church, find a church that's appealing to you as a parent that helps you grow and helps your helps your child. Yeah, it's it, it's it's it sounds simple, and I'm not gonna say it's it's just as simple because I understand you busy. I understand you got a schedule. I understand that. But, but just like you prioritize practice, you have to find you a church that can help you prioritize your spiritual growth as well. Mm-hmm. That's so that's so real, and I think that there's something that churches can learn from that. You know, the community aspect of it, there's something that churches can learn from it. You know, like all them black men out there volunteering, giving their free time to be there helping out. But yet within the church, we got a hard time finding these volunteers. Like there's something that we can learn from that. You know, I think there's something about and even if you have a, have a families that are within, the, I think that that's a great way. Sports is a great way, honestly, for ministry leaders to connect with communities. It's a great bridge within the community, you know, just get connected with a local league. I mean, that's that's an awesome opportunity to meet people where they are literally and figuratively. Like yeah. if a parent is at practice, go sit out there with them at practice. They probably ain't doing nothing, but just sitting there watching it. <laughs> watching practice, your kids practice. Let, let them practice at your church. <laughs> exactly. Start a league if you got a gym at your church or something. Yeah. I mean, all kind of different things that you can do. You know, let them, all let different them kind use of the grass in the back that you all been promising <laughs> to build on for the last 20 years. Let them. <laughs> that building fund, that building fund, that building fund. Let them use that grass. Yeah. Please answer yep. that question right there. Answer that question. I, w- I want to hear what you have to say. Look, look, in the, look in the chat and answer that question on what is an appealing church. I, w- I want to hear what you Ooh, have to say. What is an appealing church? So for me, right. So for me, in a, a church is an appealing church. I'm not, I'm not big. I'm not into like super large churches. I'm into where I, the hell where everybody knows your name. Doom, 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 yeah. that I want to some where people know my name, you know, um, an appealing church is one that prioritizes next gen ministry, right? Um, one that takes that, takes it seriously. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to have different small groups or classrooms for every grade. Nah, but I need some division between kindergarten and 12th grade here. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I needed to know some kind of, some kind of thought behind what it is that you're doing. And I need to know that you prioritize your children and your youth, not just in words from the pulpit on Sunday, but in dollars and cents and staffing in the way that you're able to, to, to engage them. I need to know those kind of things. You know, I need to know that you're serious about the next gen ministry. Cause honestly, I'm at the point and you know, honestly, my faith where I don't look at churches for what they can give me. I look at churches for what they can give my kids. Mm. That's what I look for. Mm. All right. Hold on real quick. 
because I'm hopping, I'm hopping back and forth. And so I got a question for you. See, um, somebody said children, children, youth aren't looking for doctrine. They're looking for how we live out our faith, how it helps us make meaning in our lives. Parents just mm. need, parents just needs needs to display that. It is very huge. So with that, um, you're a wonderful wife, wonderful mom, um, and I'm. Are we gonna have fun with the audience question here, real quick? How do you display faith in with your family? Because y'all are busy. You and your husband are busy. Mm-hmm. Y'all have a busy life. But how? Do, oh, yeah. how do you How do you display faith with your family? Yeah, this conversation hits home. This conversation hits home real hard because, like I said, my kids play sports year round. They are involved in all other kind of stuff too. My husband coaches, so this football season is hard for us, right? So for us, what it looks like is is those conversa- those rides in the car. We have a lot of conversations in the car, right? We always pray together. Like prayer, prayer within our family is 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 big. I don't know. Sometimes we do it in the evening. We always typically try to stop in the evening before bed. And even if we didn't pray that morning, we try to stop in the evening and and reflect on our day. And sometimes we might end up being in there for like 10, 15, 20 minutes or so, um, just stopping and then just think talking about what happened for that day, you know, and, and praying about it, um, praying about things. But I know that sometimes when, like, if my, my child gets home, one of my children gets home from practice late, it's easy to like, just go to bed. My, my kids will say in a second, silent prayers. And sometimes they're like, nah, we ain't doing a silent prayer. We're going to take a second. We ain't got to, you know, go have a long conversation like we do, but we still going to do it. Right. Um, I have in my kitchen, little small cups. We do communion. We'll have communion together, mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, it ain't nothing for me to make a breakfast or something and, and put little communion cups. Cause as often as you do this, right. <laughs> do Such it. Yeah. Such a pastor. Such a pastor. I love put it. A little grape juice in you the know? little wooden <laughs> communion cups you and everything. Yeah. So, I mean, so, so it, conversations of faith happen all the time in my family. And it's not just like on a Sunday morning um, at a certain time, it's just interwoven into our lives, you know, and because my kids, like I think I've said this before, my kids are growing up as non-traditional PKs. They're not traditional PKs. They so their life looks very, very different. So me trying to bring them along with me about as with as many things as, as I can as possible. I tried to get my daughter to watch this live podcast. She was like, nah, I think I want to <laughs> go watch YouTube kids instead of you on YouTube. Yeah. 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 So so um somebody asks, what can ministry leaders do? Like a practical practical application i think as a ministry leader here's where you start and this is not deep this is this is this is this is real 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 something for you to think about think about what you either had or wish you had as a kid Mm -hmm. when it it comes to your family and how your family prioritized faith think about Mm -hmm. what you had or what you wish you had and start Mm -hmm. and start there because everything is not found in the curriculum. Everything is not discovered at a conference. A lot is just discovered by you looking mm-hmm. at what you had or what you didn't have and implementing that from a real and organic place and asking mm-hmm. the Lord to give you creativity around that thought. Because mm-hmm. for your context and where you are, it just may need to be where parents start with um, certain milestones or certain checkpoints in the week on where they have scripture references. And you, you know the Bible. If you're a leader, you know the Bible. Yeah. Get you five scriptures about family and space some things out over five weeks and tell, and put, mm-hmm. tell the families in your church, we're going to make this a priority this week. And this week, we want you to talk about this scripture with your kids, either on the way to school or at dinner. Mm. And, and, and then and, and email us or send us a message back on how this impacted your family or what are some of the things your kids said back. And then, yeah. get, a, and then get a video out and record 
Or start a hashtag. Start a hashtag, hashtag and repost it. What they put, what families and post. Then, you know. And then, and then the announcement from your church. Play back what families did about the scripture. Like it's different creative ways uh, to do it where you don't have to spend a lot of money and you don't have to have this grand idea. If you want faith to be a priority to your families, make sure faith is a priority to you as a leader. Uh huh. Let the Lord That's touch so that and, and go with that. That is, that's, that, that's so real. I think sometimes, and I'm, I'm going to land, I'm going to land with this for some, for some families, because they have, I've been having conversation with pay for my kids since they was in the womb, right? My kids, my, when they were real little, I used to put anointing oil in their lotion. And when I lotioned them up, they be shiny with the rolling in the, <laughs> the holy I'm, oil, right? I'm insane. <laughs> right. <laughs> But that's not everybody's story, though, right? So for some families who have not had, don't have a history of having conversations with faith, and especially as you know, kids get older, become teenagers, and as teenagers are even harder to have conversations with of faith because a lot of times teenagers might just be looking like this, all up in their phone, you know, and be like, yeah, no, maybe, fine, good, you know, give them kind of responses. It's hard to initiate a conversation with faith, but then when you haven't necessarily really been, that's not hasn't been true for your family, right? So. One of the things I like to tell people who are like, hey, who are trying to figure out how can I encourage my families to have conversations of faith? Because some parents just really just don't equip, feel equipped. Right. Ain't nothing wrong with a parent saying, I don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we say that all the time. But if you don't know, say, I don't know, we could figure it out together. And ministry leaders, yeah. we need to make ourselves available for families to be able to reach out to us and have if they have questions, you know, let them know, hey, you got questions, reach out to me. Or even a family approaching their kid and saying something like, hey, we have not had conversations. We haven't been talking about this stuff, you know, uh, at all. But it's time for us to start. And we need to really start having these conversations because it's important. Just stating that truth, stating that that fact um, goes a long way with initiating a conversation within within many families. Yeah. But for all y'all join here today, perfect. You like you got something else to say. I'm about to wrap it up. No, for all of you join in today, I, my son I just said, got home from practice. I was gonna say what she said. I'm <laughs> I'm done. Like I'm good. This has been a great conversation. Like we gotta, do live. we gotta do live again when we get Facebook mm -hmm. to get get some Jesus in them and act right. I know. Maybe when you said it right. I don't know. I don't know. But thank y'all for joining this this this, this episode. Um, grateful to have you here, by my brother Pervy. Appreciate Absolutely. you, bro. This is a good conversation, man. I, I'm yeah. I'm, gl I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. If you're trying to get connected with Boone, uh, you can find us on our website. Go to theboonecommunity.com or you can find us on Facebook. If you want to join the Boone community, we are the Boone community on Facebook. Find our Facebook group and you can be a part of that uh, community there. We have gone to monthly. So episodes are dropping monthly. Next episode won't drop until September. So we're not dropping another episode until September. And to my girl, Ashley Johnson, helping us out, lurking in the background, producing. We appreciate you being a part of this journey. And we had somebody new joining us today, helping us out, too, with on, on our live stream on YouTube. She tried to get in there with us and help us out on Facebook. But Facebook, my bad. We had some mixed signals. But for my girl, Mary Smith, thank you for jumping in and helping us, too. All right, y'all. Go be with God. Go be blessed. And we will see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.